0: ESPN Kansas City presents Golf Underground, powered I by Mariner it. Wealth Advisor, helping you navigate your financial future.
1: Hey, welcome to Golf Underground on ESPN Radio. This is, um, well, I'm going to act, act like um, we haven't already recorded this show, but it's important for the listeners <laughs> to know that um, Wardo is technologically challenged. Uh, we just had the greatest 16 minutes with Major League Player Royal Gold Glover, Alex Gordon. We... We he got broke him down to, and cried. We got him, him to cry. In first segment. We, yeah. we, but you know what? We didn't get it on on uh, audio. Well, no. at least
2: I noticed I didn't get it. We could have done 60 minutes versus the first 14 minutes. No, you've done a great job. Thank I'm you. I'm on
1: fire right now. Yeah. I'm on fire. Well, yeah, good practice. Well, listen, it's, um, we are honored to have Alex Gordon again. Um, what Is can you say? Is this the
0: second or third time
1: we've had what, him what on What can today? you say? What can you say? I mean,
0: yeah.
3: Well, he's going to be a regular like George, right? You may end up co-hosting this. I don't know about that, but, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this let's one see goes. Where it goes. Then, yeah, yeah, I don't want to – like, I'm not trying to get married I, have, yet. I don't think I have your personality quite, but <laughs> – No, please, um, God, you're lucky. Yeah.
1: She at? Are you a good dresser?
3: I'm a good dresser, yeah. You, you might not be able to tell right now, but if if I need to dress up and look nice, I can I can pull it off. So, hey, like, a let's little bit like Cam Newton fashions. coming off the airplane? No. No, no,
2: no fashion tea no, no, no. just yet. Let's hold the fashion hold tea. Hold the fashion until the next well, Actually,
0: I kind of want to see how hard Sully wants to dump on him sitting there with – I mean, I, I love Streber, but Alex is a little bit bigger all guy. All my gear that I wear I wanna...
3: is Nike. So if you see me with golf stuff, it's all Nike because that, that was my merchandise stuff. And
1: See? Do you use Nike golf clubs?
3: Clubs. So I got the clubs, I think, a couple weeks before they got um, gone, retired pretty much. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I maybe have the last clubs ever made. Do so. you have a Sasquatch driver? I have no idea what the fuck that is. (laughs) Like I said, I've only been playing golf for a month and a half, so whatever you just said, sure, I do.
0: There's a whole golf lingo. I think it was so bad that Tiger wouldn't even play it like 15 years ago, whenever that thing came out.
1: Yeah, all right, well, listen, I have to ask the question because the listener didn't hear it on the first time. Wordo forgot to press record. Um, So you said you grew up not playing golf, so you you and your brothers played baseball and basketball and football, all like, you know, guy sports, kind of cool sports. Yeah, you kind of yeah. looked at golfers as like little wimps, didn't you?
3: Not at all. I mean, I wish I could have played. I just I just never got out and played. It was just always basketball, football, and, uh, and baseball. So, uh, always admired the game. Um, and then, you know, the last few years going out and playing, um, I'd go shoot a couple shots and then get pissed and start drinking and driving the cart, and that was pretty much it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, now that I'm retired, it's my new goal to take up golf and actually kick some people's ass trying to do it. So I'm not any good right now, but hopefully down the road I will be.
1: So you said you started like a month and a half ago?
3: A month and a half, two months ago. And I'm a righty, so it's, oh, wow. it's really tricky.
2: Funny yeah. story. So he comes in, we work once or twice, he texts me. He's like,
3: hey, I, uh,
2: I worked with a guy up back home, and, and he basically talked me into playing righty. He said I couldn't play lefty, but I'm, I feel like I'm a lefty. And so I'm like, bring a lefty club in. He hits, I go, he hits one ball, shanks it, and I go, you're playing
3: righty. Yeah, really. So I had Nike Reds, the the Nike clubs. Those were my first clubs I ever got, and then they were just no good. And then 2016 during the All Star break, I went back to Lincoln, um, which I'm a member now at Firethorn Country Club, um, and I went to the golf pro and took some took some lessons. He's like, okay, swing a couple lefty, and sure enough, what Wardy just said shanked it you know sliced it and it was terrible and then he said okay swing this club and it was a righty it was right down the middle a couple times and he's like yeah you're a righty so why why do you think that is i have i have no idea i the mean only, usually- the only thing i do lefty is is hit a baseball so oh really yeah i think my dad just installed that what about
0: there. like any other sports did you do anything else left no but the funny just thing hit
3: is, the funny thing is swinging a bat right-handed is horrible really, really? like i cannot swing right-handed at all. That's weird. As far as baseball, so, yeah.
2: But he moves well through it, and so, like, when he set it, before he even hit the ball, I knew he was going to hit a bad shot or shank it on, <laughs> like, lefty, so I was like, it looks way better over at righty, and we've had some little bit of success here early on going but, righty. But I, what about, I, here's like... the
3: thing, is I, I wanted to play lefty because I'm so wired to go that way, yeah. my rotation and everything, so when I, when I turn and go righty, I'm restricted a little bit, and it just doesn't feel natural, so... But it, it plays a lot better than my lefty swing. So. Well, it's
1: probably easier to coach, right? Because you're starting from scratch. And, yeah. and you're not competing, maybe, with the baseball move.
0: Wardo's never taught a left-handed player. Nope. Oh, this was a selfish move. This could be a <gasps> setup thing. Yeah,
1: I don't teach George. He's a hack.
0: He, you know what?
1: He would have had to change where the TV screen is on his simulator.
0: He didn't want to do you it. You got suckered, no, Wardo. Yeah, probably. That's what why about, I built a you, second bay for the lefties. If if okay. you if you hit one as good as you could hit it in the middle of the club face, do you think it would be a, go further hitting it lefty or hitting it righty? Lefty.
3: Yeah, I feel stronger lefty, but it's this is it just doesn't dog play. Shit. I mean, <laughs> instruction.
2: All right, well, when Somebody we get done with is, this show, I wa- you can go watch him hit a couple of hosel blasters. I'll do it. And then, I'll do it, uh, I'll uh, do it can... live.
0: Yeah. Fuck it, we'll do it live. I'll get him to flush it going to be hitting four right. irons, 250 yards.
1: I love it. Done. All right, so we said that um, you're, you have new objectives, right? I mean, gold gloves, that had to be kind of fun, I guess. Was all right, yeah. World Series is kind of fun. I mean, parades and shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and now um, your next objective through this golf
3: game is to beat who? Um, probably guys on the team that would always go play uh, during the season and would always come to the locker room talking smack. Uh, Whit Merrifield thinks he's really good. Oh, I bet. And he actually pretty, he is pretty good. He actually just went to uh, Pebble. Uh, Pebble and played in a tournament and won it. So
2: I heard he's an absolute sandbagger. Is
3: that true? Yeah, probably.
2: But George, but George has also been,
3: I mean, he's just, he's sandbagger. got that easy, nice swing as yeah. you see in baseball. So right. it just plays with his golf swing. And before, uh, so,
0: Wordo forgot to hit record. You talked about goals you had for playing golf. Yeah. You talked about, uh, What what did you say? I can't even remember.
3: Now it's been twenty minutes ago. Jesus, you my only goal, had three beers, and my goal is to go th- play and enjoy and have fun. Um, I was come, off and glue in the park. Come spring, lot. summer, I want to go play and enjoy. And, is that George? No,
2: I thought it was George. It's yeah. not. I had the Bluetooth going. Jeez. This is I the mean, most unprofessional yes, God interview God
0: I've ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: That's what makes Trying. it great. I told
3: you this. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know, I said wit, but George would actually be fun to go. It's too, fun. So, they, you know, he beat really the shit is, out of uh, Wardo good, so. in
0: a club championship scenario. I could see that. Yeah. He, he was like teacher and protege, and then uh, the old dog took down the. I was uh, just
2: rooting for him. I rode with him. That was my biggest mistake. Asking. Did everybody. he crawl
0: in your noggin? He
2: yeah. He just would not shut up. What are you doing tonight? When you you gonna hang out? You want to go to dinner? What are you doing? You know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to beat you first and foremost, but. I'm not doing a very good job at it. So he, was, question, he did how that. Long, that was how long has
3: George been going in here?
2: George, I've worked with George for
3: oh god, five years. And was he good when he first came in, or was he?
2: He was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But what I like about your situation is, and what's cool about your playing career is, you took it so serious on the. You, there's no time, right? You understood that it took time to play this game, um, and so I think your whatever your process your addiction your love for the game your whatever I think is going to be the one that helps you get from point A to B, point B faster and again yeah. me trying
1: not to get in the way yeah right well you, you've had a pretty weird 2020 like all of us right yeah. and I, and um, you didn't have certain plans to retire in 2020 did you so, so take us back tell us a little bit about you know maybe yeah. it's February it's March and and you're having that chat with your family and how do you How do you make that decision either way?
3: I would say going into the 2020 season before COVID hit, it was a possibility that I was going to hang it up. Uh, My family knew it. I knew it. And we just wanted to see how the season went. And then after COVID hit and everything went the way it did, for for me it just felt right just to walk away at the time I did. And I never wanted to play anywhere else. I only wanted to play in Kansas City. So um, the thought of maybe going somewhere else to, you know, play if they didn't want me back another year I mean who knows so that was always an option but it just it just never you know crossed my mind to do that so it just made sense when this season was coming to an end to to kind of hang it up and let all these new young players take over so yeah good for
0: you that's awesome yeah
1: yeah so tell us um like what's that day like right so you have to go into the clubhouse you see Dayton and kind of take us through this as comfortable as you may be about how how something like that goes down because you are you know we think of the names on that ring of honor and we you know certainly we talk about George and all the folks uh, who've come before you mm-hmm. and now you're one of them right yeah. and and um, that had to be a really freaking hard day
3: it was it was crazy it was not a day it was like a week and um, Dayton and her traveling secretary you guys probably don't know him Jeff Davenport they kind of it was the last series of the year it was four games with the Detroit Tigers and they pretty much did something every day for me i mean it was just like it was more than i could have asked for it was almost uncomfortable because i didn't feel like i needed it but they did it anyways and just every day it was just something new that they spoiled me with or all my teammates just kind of you know rallied around me and it was it was a pretty cool uh, four days but um, it was still sad at the same time i was i was more happy than anything because I, I enjoyed my career. I was happy with what I did, and I think it was the right time to walk away. So
1: Yeah. Can you, after it's all done, enjoy it? Because I'm assuming in between it all. Right? I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, and, it, you know, you might have a good season. You say, that's not enough. Yeah. We almost beat the freaking uh, uh, San Francisco. Not enough. There you were on third base, right? Yeah there was not enough. But then we hit it. Were, were you satisfied after the World Series? like you know, when can you say, "Damn it! I what a I, what a great career I have the World Series," or are you still itchy after that?
3: No, I think if you're a competitor and you're you're someone that wants to do well uh, at the sport, you're always going to be never satisfied. And yeah, after the World Series, we were all happy. We all enjoyed it, but. I think once it kind of you know a couple months goes by, you kind of look at yourself and say, okay, what do I need to do better to to help this team? So it's, it's it's always that that drive to push yourself to get better. And I always had that, so I was never I was never satisfied with with my game, and I was always trying to improve. So,
1: but can you look back now and actually give yourself a pat on the back and say, holy shit, I, I was pretty good? Or is uh, that are you too? I'm not, not
3: like that, but um, yeah, I mean, looking back on it now is it was a pretty good career and you know, I'm satisfied with how it went and, and everything. So, yeah. When did so you, you're not I there I don't, yet. I don't like so talk, the answer is no, I really yeah. don't like you're not there myself, yet. But yeah. yeah, no, but
1: it's, it's, um, it, uh, at some point I hope it hits you like, holy shit. You know, with these stories, like if you go online and you see, all right, what, what did your peers think of you over the years? Right. Yeah. And I know you hate hearing this cause you've heard, you've heard it a million times. Right. Um, But at some point, it's going to hit you that this was freaking. At the end of the thing, my uh, my obituary is going to be pretty goddamn good, and and that's pretty freaking awesome.
0: Yours or Alex's?
1: (laughs) Mine's still being written. (laughs) 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 Two Nut club championships won't do it for me. You know what? I'm hungry.
0: We're going to need a bigger rock.
2: So so back up a little bit, you know, growing up clearly playing sports. And I think you talked about this the other day, you know, clearly lots of baseball and at the ballpark till late. When did you know, obviously went to university of Nebraska, but when did you know, like, wow, I really got something here?
3: Um, I would probably say, so I had an older brother that was three years older than me. And, you know, I always played on his teams growing up, which was a lot older kids, a lot bigger kids. And I always could compete with them. So that's I kind of knew at the at a young age that I was pretty good. But I would say in high school when, you know, I made the freshman team, or when I was a freshman I made the varsity team and I I did pretty well and that's when I kind of knew and then scouts started to come around in high school and you know that's it was always my dream to be a major league baseball player but I would say it started to, you know, creep in my sophomore junior year that I I uh, could do this. Yeah, well, but I ended up never getting drafted out of high school cuz my parents told the scouts that uh, it was going to take a lot to draft me. You know, a lot of money. I had to go high. So then when the draft came around, you know, I was excited to go to the, Nebraska. Um, but as a kid, you always want to get drafted just to see where you go. And it never came around. And I think my parents made that made that possible. And it was the right decision for me at the end. But um, at the time, I was kind of pissed. Were you but, pissed? Yeah, just a little bit. I just wanted to get drafted. I knew I was going to college. Oh, yeah. but I just wanted to see. So.
1: Oh, I would love to be in that kitchen.
3: Yeah. It was it was the right decision though. So yeah, oh, yeah,
1: it worked out pretty good, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? What other
2: schools <laughs> did you look at?
3: Um, so I signed with Nebraska almost the first week week I could do it. So I didn't really didn't look at any other schools. I I knew uh, that I wanted to go there. Growing up, I wanted to go to LSU just because
2: watching them just, on the World just, Series.
3: Yeah, they're just hidden bombs, and their team was good. But Tennessee kind of gave me a look, and I think if it didn't work out with Nebraska, I probably would have ventured off to Tennessee.
2: Did you guys win a college World Series?
3: We went to the World Series.
2: Just never won?
3: We won the only game in our college um, for Nebraska. They've never won one, and we won one. and then We won one, and then, then we got swept, and we lost two in a row. So then that's it. we had a good team. We went into that year not ranked at all and we ended up you know almost i would say third when the world series started so it was a pretty good year
0: did you
1: grow up a royals yeah. fan yeah being from lincoln mm-hmm. so that had to be pretty cool Every huh?
3: summer we'd go to world's of fun oceans of fun and then go sit up on the uh, upper decks and watch frank white and george Bright on the turf field so yeah, it was it was cool that george is right it's a hack he is
0: such you're a you're not hack. that old that they would have had turf on the I
3: field the still turf, yeah no way yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. they had it um, through, like,
0: 91 or something, it, I thought. I
3: would have been six or seven. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Um, he's lying 136? to you?
0: 36. Yeah, I think he's lying to me. <laughs> I mean, turf, <laughs> okay, grass, you who, who really cares?
3: No. <laughs> I mean, there's
0: a, a thousand guys with, like, broken legs, he did text but other than them.
2: He did text George because George said, hey, Gordo might be calling you for lessons. And then he oh, texted George, he George. Text George back and said, hey, who's that old Washed up instructor, you're going to send me to. I need his number.
3: George could tell you <laughs> a million stories about me and him, but really, he'd be a lot better. Is there
1: one you can you can share
3: about so George? So George, I grew up. He was kind of our hero. Actually, my uh, my younger brother's named Brett after George Brett. No way. Yeah. So he knows that. But um, anyways, so I was I got drafted and I was the number two pick out of college, and we were negotiating my contract, and it was like. It was like a hundred thousand dollars off, or something like that, back and forth, and George was pissed. And I came into the clubhouse, and you know I was, you know, taking the tour. They were showing me around, and then they go, "Okay, go in this back office real quick." And sure enough, I went in the back office, and they closed the door, and George Brett was in there. So it was just me and my like idol growing up, and he was pretty much he wasn't happy with me. In a way, he was just like, "Gordo, it's a hundred thousand dollars." He's like, "I'll give you." $500,000 right now if you sign and you pay me back. And pretty much, and like I was speechless just because this was my hero growing up. What
1: was his role in that room?
3: Just to try to get me to sign. And I oh, walked out. Shit. I didn't sign, but like I was sweating bullets. <laughs> oh, I, you did the slow I, walk? I don't even think I said a word because, like, you know, I mean, you know, George, he loves to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just a caller. That's why he's not on this show right now
2: because we want to hear your story, was, not George's was story for the 97th time. My eyes
3: wide open, just like in shock and couldn't believe really what he, he was, was saying, but he wanted me to sign in a good way. Yeah. And, you know, I had my agent, he was telling me one, one story, George was trying to tell me another, another and it kind of just went like that. So, Oh my
1: gosh, that's funny. Well, I'm glad you won the negotiation over George. Yeah. 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 That, that's good. Yeah.
2: So talk through what spring training was like, you know, some of us here are, some, we know people that have done the, the, uh, fantasy camp deal down at spring training, but talk through, you get down there and what, late February and start going, but talk through what a, what the journey's like in all those games throughout the year and the long season.
3: Yeah, I think it, it changes as you get older. Uh, when you get older, you start showing up the last day possible for <laughs> spring training because yeah. you start realizing that spring training's overrated and you kind of know what you need to do to get ready for the season. Whereas when I was younger and most of the younger kids now show up like a month before you're supposed to be there and start getting after it and kind of almost wear yourself out before you even need to. Um, and realizing it's 162-game So
0: Did you ever see a guy show up to spring training that was just – he'd packed on like 40 pounds? That he off-season. put on 40 pounds? Yeah.
3: <laughs> You're trying to get me to throw guys on. The- no, don't give me a name. <laughs> did you see a guy have to
0: run off 40
3: pounds? Uh, yes. I, Other than Billy Butler. Uh, <laughs> you know what's funny about spring training is like every year – someone comes into the clubhouse and is like oh this is the best shape i'm in my entire life right and they say that every year <laughs> And I, I love billy to death but one year he came in and he, there was a big article about him how he came in the best shape of his life and i mean it's baseball shape so <laughs> i mean it's it, it is what it is but it's still a tractor <laughs> it's not
0: a sports car yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> well you,
1: you probably didn't know this while you were playing out in the um, center field, you know, all the kids play around. You got the little K out there, and then they've got the little area where the kids can race against a light. So, let's say Alex Gordon, you could beat Alex Gordon. and The light is is your speed. Yep. Every kid would go up against Billy Butler and kick his ass. If you were over nine years old, you'd you'd you'd, you'd hey, beat the Billy, Billy Butler. Billy light.
0: swiped a bag in that wild card yeah, game against the A's. That's true. Yeah. Can we get that
2: on video right now? That was Please. the funniest
0: thing I've ever seen during a a uh, 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 live baseball game. Was him <laughs> pimp. Who was, the, who was that pitcher?
3: Uh, John Lester.
0: Who could, John Lester, yeah. He, he could, could throw, it. To he first. Has, throw to first. Yeah. He
3: has a yips to first, second, and third. But at home plate, he can pinpoint every like spot he wants to throw. So it's the weirdest thing ever, but... It was uh,
0: the most insulting FU I've ever seen from, like, a coaching staff oh yeah, is we, to send Billy to second. We, uh, <laughs> we I, know you can't throw back there, and this guy is slower than Father Time, and we're going to do it anyways.
3: Yep. We knew going into that game, the scouting report was just a run. And having Rusty Coons, who's the best coach in the big leagues, you can ask anybody, um, he knows what he's doing. So. Did, were they? Was it talked about beforehand about sending Billy? Billy, not so much. I think Rusty just saw something. Was Rusty
0: drunk? And he said, you know what, Billy? (laughs) Fuck it. Take a run on him. Rest See there. if you can do it. Rusty's always drunk. He's
3: always drunk, <laughs> <laughs> he's always right. drunk off Mountain mountain.
0: All right, let's something.
1: do this. Let's take a commercial break. Uh, we come back. Is let's, it a commercial uh, break or is it
2: a refill break for you?
1: Well, we're going to get a little Bud Light. You, you know, uh, Gordo says that um, so when he podcast. drinks one beer, he goes to two, and occasionally <laughs> it hits seven or eight. So we got to get him to crack that first one we have right in front of him. But we'll find out after this commercial break. Going to go off Underground, ESPN Radio. Hey, Brian Sullivan, Golf Underground, with a little tip for you. If you're looking to buy a new Ford, you have to check out my buddy, Jason Gudenkoff at Lewisburg Ford. They've been saving Midwest Ford buyers thousands of bucks for over 40 years because they do business the right way. They sell everything. Check this out for $50 over invoice. That's simple and cheap. And they win a lot of awards. In fact, they won Ford's President's Award 17 times. That's the top Ford Award. And they only give it to dealers with superior customer satisfaction in sales and service. So they know how to take care of customers better than anybody. Now, what these guys know how to do also, keep this in mind, sell trucks. Lewisburg Ford has sold more F-150s than any other Ford dealership in Greater Kansas City. That's two years running. And last year, they were the number one F-150 sales leader in the entire state of Kansas. So, no hassle. $50 over invoice pricing, unparalleled customer satisfaction, and a huge selection. That's a perfect recipe for selling trucks. So, check out all their inventory and prices online at lewisburgford.com. Or give them a call at 816-444-2300.
2: New golf clubs. A big screen TV to watch the U.S. Open? Or maybe even a new golf cart that I've got my eye on. No matter how you choose to spend the savings, if you're looking to put a dent in your monthly heating and cooling bills, the answer may be right over your head. If your attic isn't insulated properly, you're missing out on a prime opportunity to cut costs. Call the certified energy experts at Star Companies, Inc., 816-353-2160 for a free estimate to learn how they can help you save money. 816-353-2160 or visit StarCompaniesKC.com.
0: Do you have retirement dreams about perfecting your swing and spending your time on the green? Or maybe you have a bucket list of golf courses you'd like to travel to. Whatever your financial goals are, Mariner Wealth Advisors is your advocate. We take the same care in understanding where you stand today as we do in understanding where you want to be in the future. Then we help you set a personalized plan to help you achieve your long-term vision. Contact Mariner Wealth Advisors today to start your financial planning journey. Visit MarinerWealthAdvisors.com to find a location near you. Mariner Wealth Advisors, otherwise known as MWA, is an SEC registered investment advisor. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. For additional information about MWA, including fees and services, please contact MWA or refer to the disclosures on our website. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money. This advertisement should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities.
1: Hey, what's up, Golf Underground Nation? This is Brian Sullivan, co-host of the Golf Underground with the Greenside Cigar Company, here to tell you about the hot new cigars that are about taking over the golf industry. And yeah, I'm talking about the patented Birdie Stogies you guys have been seeing for sale all over the local golf courses. These cigars come highly rated and are the ultra-premium alternative to that dried-up old stick you've been using to celebrate your made birdie putts. Designed to be carried in every golf bag and saved as a reward for celebratory achievement, our cigars are bringing golfers added relaxation, fun, and perhaps maybe even a little luck. From mild to medium, smooth to sweet, we have a cigar suitable for every taste palette and golfers at all skill levels. So no matter your celebratory occasion, enjoying a victory stogie at the clubhouse after a low round, immediately after a made birdie putter, hey, even to help you relax and simply celebrate being out on the golf course, make sure you never approach the first tee again without one of our beautiful cigars in your golf bag. So learn more and order online at greensidesigars.com or just Google the Birdie Stogie. Because after all, There can
0: only be one. Cowell Insurance Services is your leading program administrator for workers' compensation. They're dedicated to meeting the unique challenges of the insurance industry and assisting employers in reducing their costs. CIS has provided insurance claim and loss control services to various industries, including trucking, construction, retail convenience stores, and healthcare, as well as public entities for over 30 years. They work with both retail agents and industry clients, or a combination of the two. If you're tired of fighting the rising costs of premiums and claims, give Cowell Insurance Services a call. Their dedicated staff is ready to find you the best insurance option at the most competitive price. They can help to define or enhance your safety program in order to move you in the right direction in reducing your claim and premium costs. Contact Cowell Insurance Services today, 816-214-4070. Hey, Brian Sullivan here,
1: and I've got a tip for you. You've got to head to UnForked. It's an amazing restaurant. What I like about these guys is they promise to buy and support seasonal, local ingredients first. And I love the fact that they source from smaller, family, GAP-certified, or organic farms, prime-going regions, artists and producers. All I'm getting at is, if you like fresh stuff, UnForked is the place to be. And like they say it, fork or no fork, you can be sure you're getting the highest quality, socially responsible ingredients possible. And not to mention, it's delicious. So whether you're out south or downtown, stop by Unforked for a delicious and healthy meal. Sheridan's Unforked. Honest, clean food. Well, the base. Welcome back, Off Underground, ESPN Radio. We finally, fi- finally found a guest who likes Wardo's selection. Turn that up.
3: All right, Gordo, then. Uh, I don't know the name of the band here. Yeah, so 80s, 80s rock and roll, though. It's a little 80s. Is it 80s? No, yeah, it's yeah, actually...
2: 80s.
1: It's just Ace of Bass. That's Ace of Bass. I think that's 90s rock. It's, so the original was from Banana Rama in the 80s. Yeah, I couldn't give you that one. Yeah, so that's, mm-hmm. I gotta dig deep, you know? Deep. All right, so let's say hey, we're back with Alex Gordon. Some of you might have heard of him. He's uh, He has... One many gold gloves. He's uh, one of the most famous all-time Kansas City Royals um, in history. Um, Dare I say, has a smoother bat swing than um, George Brett. And if he was here, he could defend himself. But you know what? He's sitting on a lounge chair drinking a Corona. So screw him.
2: Nope. He's having a Coors Light probably um, sitting there trying to look cool in front
1: of telling stories or talking to himself. Yeah, he is. All right. So now we're back to the George Brett thing, right? Yeah. So the you were gonna be the George Brett. The swing is like George Brett. I'll never forget. So I, I lived here, and it, what year did you come out? Of, uh,
3: uh, out of Nebraska, I came out two thousand five.
1: All right, two thousand five. Right. So I remember, uh, you know, watching you, and of course, we heard, hey, geez, we'd love to get Alex Gordon, and yeah. and you watched the swing, and you're like, holy shit, that's the closest thing over the years. Yeah. Let, let's be honest, but that had to be a freaking pain in the ass. Like, do really do I have to freaking try to be George Brett?
3: Um. Yeah. I mean, it was it was tough at first. Um, being a kid out of college and you know getting called up right away and trying to be the savior of the Royals would were you know you need more than just me to, to, to fix the situation they were in. So um, once I got past that and you know just started being myself, that's when it all kind of clicked. So
0: when did it? Were you did it click? Were you still playing third or, or left yeah, field? Because so I
3: remember that that was a big change. My rookie year, I started off really bad. It was like a month and a half, just bad defense. Uh, I wasn't hitting the ball very well. And then it was like, it was one day in Cleveland, I went four for four and had a good game. And then I kind of just took off after that. And, you know, I went like 70 or 80 games without making an error at third, which if you think of me at a third baseman, you wouldn't think of that. But... Ended up playing really good defense and actually having a pretty good rookie year. So I would say that's when it kind of clicked. And um, obviously, I moved to the outfield, and that's I think that was due to injuries and, and whatnot. And Did you have a lot of experience playing the outfield before then? So I was telling you guys earlier about... Um, <laughs> was I that was, when
0: we weren't recording? <laughs> no, I think, I think you were recording. <laughs> when
3: I was a freshman in high school um, to play on the varsity team, my brother, my oldest brother, was a third baseman. So, for me to be on the varsity team, uh, I needed to play a position besides yeah. my brother's position, and it was left field. So, I actually had some experience uh, playing that. Freshman year of high school, though, that's going back a long ways to, yeah, the, to the big leagues. When, when I made the change, I wasn't really good at the time. You know, it was, it was in the middle of the season, like two weeks into the 2010 season. So, it was definitely tough, but um, went down to AAA, and uh, it took a while to get used to, but um, it was just about getting repetition and stuff like that
0: what's what's the different part i mean obviously you play the outfield you're you're catching fly balls you're getting used to seeing what exactly balls come off bats
3: it's it's mostly about your first step so for me it was about taking batting practice live off the bat and just getting that first step i wasn't the fastest guy out there but I, i feel like i took the best routes out of any of the outfielders in the outfield so um you know that was that was a big key for me
0: i remember uh in that 2014 season i've Aoki, the guy that played Aoki. right field, yeah. right field, right. Dude, he would take the craziest routes, and he'd still get to it. He was fast, yeah. But he took the wildest routes to balls.
3: Yeah, that's why um, later in games, Kane would shift to right field, and they put Dyson in center, yeah. and Aoki would go to the bench. So that's <laughs> kind of the reason why that happened. <laughs> right. Kane was playing Rover <laughs> yeah. in like beer league softball. Right. Yeah. So. All
1: right, take us back to was so fourteen was the year we got that close. Yeah. And no doubt the question has been asked a a million times of you. Should you have been sent?
3: Um, If I would have been sent, I would say 90% of the time I would have been thrown out right there. Bull rush, elbow. But the the crazy thing that would have happened is obviously it was 19 and two outs, so the game either would have continued or ended right there. But the catcher at the time was Buster Posey, who – couple of years ago broke his ankle because someone ran into him oh. and they changed the rule of that because buster posey is like the face <gasps> of mlb and they didn't want him getting hurt hurt anymore so say i go to i go around third i come home he gets the ball and i run him over do i get called out if i'm safe and he drops the ball or um, you know who knows what would happen yeah. so i think i think looking back on it now safe or out i think it would have been cool if they would have sent me I know. Well, if just Jersh would have been. Just to end the World Series like that? Oh.
0: If Jersh would have been as drunk as Rusty was, he would have sent you.
3: Yeah, but think if Jersh would have sent me and I would have got thrown out, like everybody would have been so pissed at Jersh.
1: You can't live your life in fear like that, Alex I know, Gordon. I know, but
3: like looking back on it now. I mean, you know what's so great he is been, He would have been probably fired on the spot and then. Uh, but but we'll, he, we'll never know. He ended up making the right call. I mean, if if you look earlier in the game, uh, I think it was the second inning, and I hit a double. And Billy Butler scored all the way from first, and Crawford, who would have thrown it from short, threw it from the almost the same spot, and it was a missile, just riding the money. So, yeah. If the we old,
0: learned anything, is Billy was faster than we give him credit for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so the once the Billy my, gets, going, him, so once he
3: gets going, he's got a lot of weight to him, so once he gets going, he can move pretty well. <laughs> yeah, so. he would have like an busted Buster Posey. <laughs> That's yeah. a fact. My list. only
1: take was with Baumgartner, we were,
3: and th- you th- weren't hitting Baumgartner. He did. was so good. Yeah. So.
1: You know, I'm like, It's something happened, you know, at least when he was on the mound, everyone's like, oh, God, here it goes. Well, I think you
0: get the benefit of time, too, where we're now six years beyond that moment, where what a blessing to have ran through the playoffs in 2015 and we win the World Series. Yeah, Because it is so easy for all of us now and so easy on Jersey to say, you know what, he made the right call. You'd have been thrown out. Because it's not as... We'll never wonder what it would have felt like if right. you guys would have won a World Series. We had to wait 11 months for it, and we right. got it. Right. It was um, kind of cool how the, it worked those, out,
3: how Salvi was the next hitter and ended up flying out. Yeah. And then the, the year after, we won the World Series, and Salvi's the MVP. So, like, right. like you're saying, it's just kind of cool how it
1: I was so out. bummed he didn't catch that last... Right, He wasn't behind the plate for that, though. Right. What
3: a bummer. Right, right.
1: It's like, oh, my gosh. He's the face of the team right now, and... Yeah. No, it's like, I'll tie way. it back what to golf. Salvi
2: what when did Salvi do in that off Because his hitting was atrocious.
3: Salvi gets after it. Like in the off season, <laughs> like and you'll know because he posts like all of his training on like Instagram or whatever, but he, he really does get after it. And like during the season too, just with workouts, drills, everything and he loves baseball. He lives and dies it, so
2: yeah,
0: it's amazing. I was just going to say, Salvi, you mentioned him. I would him. tell
3: you, Salvi this year, swinging, coming back from Tommy John and the knee surgery, I mean, he crushed yeah. when he was playing. Obviously, he had COVID and then the eye issue, but when he was swinging, he was it, was like, killing it. it was it was unbelievable to watch. It really
1: so. was. What, what were you saying over there, Jordan?
0: I
3: have that 1,000-yard stare again I had with <laughs> Streber.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you you talked about like. So I found it. I found it. Stay with me. Yeah. It sucked Salvi not being on the field to catch that last uh, out in the World Series we won in 2015. But I would tell you, in tying it like back to golf, if you have somebody three down with five to go, you foot, throat, get it over with. You don't need to win on the 18th hole. We were, I don't know, but we won that series like four to one. I don't need to drag it
3: out. Yeah. Just...
0: Get
1: it yeah. Take the dub. It was a great memory. I mean, it's so good because so many of the kids growing up never got to see this. Right, their generation of Royals yeah. fans. Me, I'll tell you a cool Me. story.
3: Uh, so, Game Five, Game Five is what we won in New York. So it was, I think it was the eighth inning or something. Harvey's just cruising. You know, we had no couple hits, no runs, and the whole postseason, even fourteen, we we kept coming back, kept coming back. You know, so I go in the clubhouse and it's the eighth inning and you know, they're starting to pack our stuff up. Like we're going back to Kansas city. And I, I told the clubhouse guys, I go, you better, you better pack that shit out. He's like Take that out because we're going to win. Put up the the stuff that uh, you can spray the champagne on and everything. Cause we're going to come in here and party. No and they like, all right, all right, cool, cool. And so sure enough, I went back to the dugout and then. No shit. Win, so, yeah. How good is that? Oh my God. Wait,
1: well, listen, everyone, I, I was sitting with, with my kid. I'll never forget him in my basement and, and, um, We'll always remember the moment. Of course, you're living it. But I think everybody in this room will say, Shit, I remember where, where I was when that yeah. right? When when that the whole thing went down. I mean,
3: yeah, just talking about it kind of gives me goosebumps. I, just, I haven't I, talked about it in a long time just because it's been been so long. Yeah. But being in New York, I would say the the place I hated to play the most was New York because those fans were just brutal. Brutal. Like, yeah. like they were just mean. Like there was no common sense to what they said as far as baseball. It was just like, yeah. your mom sucks or like you know, <laughs> stupid stuff. Your mom. Yeah, hey. basically. And so they were just ragging us the whole outfield, the whole, the whole series. And sure enough, after we you know, tied it up and then scored you know, five runs in the 12th inning and I came out there and all the fans that were yelling just were just so bummed out and I just turned around and stared at them the whole Did time. Did you really? And it was, just, it was just something that was pretty cool. You
0: talked about the generation of people that messed out on baseball success that maybe, well, you you didn't grow up in Kansas City, but, like, uh, my folks were Royals fans coming up. was was awful. And so I grew up here and was a Mizzou fan. And so at least, like, you guys had the benefit of some good basketball teams, won some national Yeah, we win championships. Between being a Chiefs fan, a Royals fan, and a Mizzou fan, I can tell you I've had my (laughs) dick kicked in season after season. (laughs) Yeah. I've got these assholes kicking balls in the fucking end zone and winning a national title. I got Cordell Stewart getting a fifth down and winning. A t- you, you just always get burned. <laughs>
3: you didn't like Scott Frost's passing?
0: I wasn't a I fan of it, no. no I remember, I was like, one of the earliest sports memories I have was like watching my dad spike a remote off the deal <laughs> in that Nebraska game. Because Mizzou sucked at the time. His night game, we happened to be on like national TV. Yeah. It was, that was most, it was, at that time, it was the most Mizzou thing ever, but then we've had like 15 or yeah. 50 other things That's since then. That's good to hear, because I actually hate Missouri. Oh, no, Yes, it's good. yes. I'm, I'm a KU guy. So. I like oh. it. Yeah. What do you Jesus. mean you're a KU guy? You're yeah, from Nebraska.
3: Is. So my wife uh, got her master's at KU. Uh, my father-in-law is a huge KU fan, so I go to the basketball games all the time. So besides Nebraska, if
0: holy fair-weathered fan.
3: I'm just, I'm just telling you. That's, for li- for you
2: listeners, Robert Streb just got, off, got up off his chair, and he is disgusted.
3: He's going to go relieve
2: himself room. and come grab another beer and listen yeah. to the second half of this show. As
3: an
0: independent observer, I've always described people ask about, because uh, if you're a Mizzou fan, you, you bitch about KU fans, right? Because they believe that they don't even have a football team basketball's it and i've always No, said, we have a
2: football team we have, we're over the world this
0: year is the same guy as that nebraska football fan? The same guy and somehow you've yeah, managed to be
3: nebraska both football has not been good for the past thank god thank god no, God years, so.
1: since time left yeah
3: yeah
1: all right let's hey, see which way george <laughs> but is back not on here. that game the mizzou nebraska game <laughs> yeah to hit off the guy's leg
3: 97 scott frost that was my hour, wedding coach my ago. wedding day you remember it well <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I know where. I know exactly where I was. That at. That was my I wedding happened. day, yeah. and I know this
1: because um, my wife's family's all Mizzou folks, and um, her grandfather had missed one game in fifty-two years. One <laughs> oh, football God. game. Oh. It was my wedding day, Boy. so we scheduled during the Nebraska Mizzou game, and he's in, and he was ninety-seven at the time. And he just set the bar. Shit's going on for the wedding, and we propped him up in front of the bar. And he thought, "Oh my gosh, I think had had a a heart attack and died." Yeah, (laughs) I think right. So that's how we remember that. Well, the uh, reason I brought up
0: the story wasn't so much to relive a bunch of painful memories, was to say (laughs) my wedding as a guy. Well, that and you know, sports losses um, was as a guy who grew up in this town, a fan of the local teams, and and had his heart broken a million times as a kid. I used to listen to uh, the guys calling the. the the royals on the radio because you couldn't watch them on tv as a kid i would be in the garage throwing balls or shooting hockey pucks or or doing whatever listening to the game and uh when we won the world series in new york i remember watching it on tv like in tears like i've waited my entire life to see one of my teams win something and it was uh it was like a fulfillment of, like you said, like felt like I've had an entire lifetime of never seeing my team win anything. Yeah. And I've just seen it as like seeing a unicorn. And uh, yeah. it was, it was the coolest thing ever. Are, are you
1: able to, able to understand what fans feel like as he's describing this, how
3: Short, Short, and and think it is? So.
1: Or do you think it's weird?
3: No, you understand, because when you go out in public after that happens and you go up to people and the first thing they say is how much, how much it meant to them, that's when you kind of know. And then you watch the videos, um, the reactions from some of the people, like crying after you win. Like right. you, you understand the the love they have for the Royals and their sports teams. Right
0: I'll, I'll tell you how he knows. We talked about a time in 19 – how old were you in 97? 12 years old? 13 years old? 13, 13, 12, 13, 13 yeah. He remembers exactly where he was. He remembers Scott Frost throwing right. the pass. Guy kicks it in the end yeah. zone. He was—he's a sports fan too. Right, and you remember that those time when you're a kid and your heroes are wearing jerseys and stuff like that. Stuff means more than it should. Yeah, but you're invested in it. I, yeah, I,
1: I, see, I just thought folks wanted the Royals to win because they knew that Eric Hosmer would be buying booze <laughs> down at the p um, yeah. yeah, I mean, do you think it was a little selfishness uh, by I the I think fans? he
3: blew his load on that one time, and then that was it. So. <laughs> it it, I think it made the, him famous. Yeah, it did make him famous. I don't think he paid for it all. I think it was a bunch of other guys, but he got most of it. He got credit. all the credit. Yeah. Ah! So,
2: he's kind so, of like, you know, so he's one thing, like the, he had the haircut. Kelsey.
3: He had the haircut. You get the credit when you have the haircut. Haas, Haas, I will tell you, Haas is my favorite teammate of all time. though. Really?
2: Yeah. All right. Listen. So th- this is actually a funny story before we go to break. So yeah. when, when Gordo's it. in here training and we're working on Wednesday night and then he comes I and I kind of tell him the program on, on the training side and what we do and how there's some kids going to be flowing. I'm like, look, you can come in and train by yourself or away from people. He's like, no, just let me work out. So these kids that are in the junior program that are – You know, unless they're from New Zealand, are, you know, their first memory probably of baseball six, five, six years ago was these guys winning, right? And so fast forward, now he's in training, being a a guy, and, like, that's super cool for the kids that are in here training or working and, like, they get but, to see their heroes. What's amazing is golf. George walks in here. They don't know who the hell he is because he's just the old grumpy guy. Right? I know they don't get it. Yeah, and they they know that they know this guy. But- see what
1: future you have coming. You're going to be the old grumpy guy in the stable, Perfect. doing a podcast. Yeah. It's, retirement sucks doesn't it <laughs> it doesn't pay as well as <laughs> yeah, playing right listen we may single-handedly be responsible for alex gordon is returning the 2021 season <laughs> 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 yeah, all dude. right listen we're having a great program alex gordon come on back we're going to dig in deep and learn about his best friends best memories a little more hosmer stories on the other end you're on the golf underground espn radio
0: Looking for KC's best and coolest apartment experience? We have it and it's called the Flats KC. The Flats KC is committed to providing an exemplary living experience by offering the best in-class residential communities in the most sought after neighborhoods in Kansas City. With a focus on meticulous restoration and renovations of vintage properties, we aim to take the beauty of vintage and seamlessly unite it with modern touches. If you love urban living and are in the market for a freshly renovated apartment, the Flats Kansas City has options to fit every price range. Check us out at theflatskc.com or give us a call today at 816-454-3118
1: hey brian sullivan of golf underground with my favorite orthopedic surgeon dr kevin Whitty from sano orthopedics hey doc golf season's over my back is killing me I know it's football season, so you get a lot of kids coming in, blown ACLs, all sorts of body parts with problems, and then of course those baseball players. I know you fix a lot of elbows. Why is Sano Orthopedics the absolute best sports medicine orthopedic group in Kansas City? Well, if you want to see the guys in town who've
2: had the best orthopedic fellowship training in sports medicine, um, including training with Dr. James Andrews and Dr. Larry Lemack, come see us. Uh, we individualize patients' uh, plans to get them back to that activity and that sport that they love, and we actually care and listen. To our patients and follow up with them make sure that they're getting the results they need.
1: Okay, and so the three things that separate you. Number one, best training. Number two, you specialize in getting people on that field. Number three, you're actually listen. Where can I learn more because you got me all in and I don't really want to get fixed, but it's time.
2: At sonoorthopedics.com, 816-525-2840.
3: Hi, this is George Brett, Hall of Fame baseball player, and I've been playing golf for over 35 years. Hitting the ball far was never my problem, but the closer I got to the greens, that's when my problems began. When I wanted a golf practice
2: area in my backyard, I called Celebrity Greens. They are the industry leader in
3: custom-built synthetic golf greens. These championship-caliber, low-maintenance greens roll great, react like real bent grass, and hold chip shots that check and
2: spin. I absolutely love mine, not only in Kansas City, but also in Arizona. Call the pros at Celebrity Greens at 1-888-507-7960 or visit them online at CelebrityGreens.com. Practice like the pros or people like me that want to be pros right
0: in your own backyard.
2: This gives you some chills right here.
0: He also putts with a claw grip.
1: Welcome back, off Underground ESPN Radio. By the way, uh, Jordo, turn that up a little bit for, uh, for Jorda. Bow! <laughs> you know why you like this song? I have a tiger. What's your college team? The Mizzou Tigers. The Mizzou Tigers. As a matter of fact, yeah. I was at the, uh, the Mizzou. You know, my daughter being a golden girl. Um, hey, watch yourself over there, Hillier. Let's go, Harry. He's trying to get hooked up with my golden girl daughter. Sounds like a
0: Columbia trip's in order. They have a little golden girl
1: dance to the eye of the tiger.
0: Oh, yeah. I do all that stuff. Oh, yeah. like this. Oh, yeah. That's right. Don't talk to me. Look at the smile on his face. (laughs) It's just too bad that you guys left the conference. (laughs) It's too bad you left the conference. All right. Hey,
1: listen. We're having a great program. This is a great day. We still have Robert Streb throwing back a nice Coors Light. Um,
0: he's now talking shit from the cheap
1: seats he he is look at (laughs) I told you the
0: most arrogant player on tour is Robert Strepp somehow he managed to talk more (laughs) not being interviewed
2: yeah yeah. look he's cozy he likes it He's he's gonna be a DJ someday he just doesn't know it (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So,
0: listen, Alex, you said that you were really committed to playing golf right-handed based on the advice of your coach. And and what I had said before we even started this interview was, very specifically, do not ever take a putting lesson from someone who putts with a claw grip. And so I, I think, listen, my man knows his way around a golf swing – but he's got a thousand putters over there that he's given up those
2: on. are demos for the patrons
0: easy all the, the high-paying patrons off. all the grips for yeah because
2: the patrons grab them steal them take Yikes. them back I got interns in here that don't do anything so all they do
0: all day is putt and hit balls listen do what wardo right. tells you on a full swing I don't know much about golf
3: in this room who can or besides the pro obviously who has the best score this guy yeah. Well let's ask
2: the little amateur peanut head
1: over there. What's your uh, lowest score?
3: Like average. Lowest. Like if you went and played, who would probably win?
1: This guy. All right. Well let's say hey, the listener the listener doesn't know who's in the room.
2: Harry, how many times have you beat me? Hey, hey yeah, the
1: listener hey, doesn't, the listener know, who's doesn't in the know. The listener doesn't know who's in the room. So let's explain who's in the room. All right. So to my right, we, we got Alex Gordon. Uh, my left we have we got
0: Wardo golf. Hi, I'm Jordan Wilson golfer? and I have a problem. All right. What's your name? Michael.
1: All right, Michael, all right. What's your handicap? All right, Wardo, what's your handicap? Plus 33.
0: <laughs> Larry Bird. Right,
1: come on. Larry Bird. What's your handicap, Wardo? Uh, I think three. it's plus three point. Plus three. All right, and you said you're a three. Jordo? Seven. You're not a seven. <laughs> By the way, what's wrong with a seven? I'd yeah. kill for a seven.
0: Why are you guys laughing? I said I was a you're seven. You're not
1: a seven. All right, give Look it me, up. I'll give you one more chance.
0: I, I think I'm a plus one. Harry, uh, what's your one. handicap? Right. You don't have one.
1: Plus three. Annie, he won 180 bucks for me at Wolf Creek last week. So, all right. Charlie? Plus three. Oh, sure, he's, he's plus lying five. five.
0: At, you know, sh- at Wolf? All right. Plus what is your two? Two cat. So we have two. We
1: have. Uh, how many professional golfers do we have in here? Right, We got three professional golfers, and we got one who's going to be on the PGA Tour. Four? How many? So We, we got have, a lot. This is a pretty freaking. We should have charged tickets today for this place, Alex Gordon. It's good to know. Like I mean, a- you thought you were going to come in with a bunch of, like, middle-aged slapdicks. Mm-mm. Not in this place. Just one. <laughs> Just me. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The only two double-digit handicappers, Alex. You
2: and I, baby. Yeah,
3: I have no handicap, so I can't tell you. Well, we'll yeah,
1: that's okay. Yeah. You know what? You'll be beating me in eight months. Don't worry. In <laughs> seven minutes, more?
2: there's going to be plenty of double digits walking through the door.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh good. <laughs> <laughs> really? All right, so listen. <laughs> hey, before the break, uh, again, we're with Alex Gordon from uh, from the Royals. Uh, you all know him. Um, we talked about Eric Hosmer and the okay. friendships that you developed through this through this thing, right? Now, how freaking lucky is it that you were able to, play something you had fun doing, yeah. and hang with your boys. Yeah. And every day show up, what's up, Haas, what's up, Salvy? what's up? And you're getting paid a lot of money to do it. You said uh, Hosmer was your best bud. Yeah.
3: How'd will, that I will, start? I will tell you. So I played 15 years. There's teams where, you know, you didn't really have much fun. I mean, it's – but I think the coolest thing uh, came, 12. you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, those years. Everybody, as far as fans – could tell that we enjoyed being around each other and we were having fun because anytime you went out that's the first thing they said to you was like you guys look like your friends mm-hmm. and enjoying yourself so that's what made us i think so good and why we came back so much is just because we had that that chemistry with with one another and we all liked each other we all hung out together and that's what made i think those years that much more special
1: what's the most surprising personality um should I say disjointed between what people think and see, um, in the public and yet maybe was a little bit different, um, in the clubhouse.
3: That's a good one. Um, moose. So I don't know if a lot of people knew about moose, but like when he was always a guy that was joking around, having fun, really good golfer, by the way, lefty, yeah, um, I almost killed a dolphin with him.
0: Word will get him to switch to right. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I'm good yeah.
3: for that. But, like nice guy, great to be around. But once he crossed the line, he was a dick, and I mean in a good way. Like he was intense. Like you didn't want to mess with him. Um, I remember in '15, uh, I've, t- I've told this story many times, but we were playing the Astros, and our season was pretty much almost over. It was mm-hmm. game. It was game four. They were Afternoon hitting, game one. Yeah, oh, they're hitting home runs. Yeah. They were up by four or five runs. The mayor started tweeting, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to advance to the championship round. And we come in the dugout. It was the eighth inning, and everybody was down. Like, I was down because I thought, hey, this might be my last game with the Royals because I was a free agent. Yeah. Moose, being Moose, he started flipping out, just F-bombs, yelling, saying, this, it ain't over yet. You just watch what we're going to do. And sure enough, we came out and did, you know, it hit, 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 yep. hit. But he went on like a three-minute rampage of just cussing, yelling, and it fired everybody up in the dugout. And I think that's why we had that inning was because of Moose's wow rampage. And- you, you
0: said you worried about being a free agent at the end of the game in
3: 2014. No, it was, it was 15. 15? 15, and we were playing the Astros. It was game four. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a five-game series.
0: You guys scored like nine runs in the eighth inning or something crazy? Yeah.
3: Well, we we scored, yeah, something like that, and then came back and Haas hit a homer in the ninth inning. But, anyways, I never thought about free agency at all because we were so focused on the championship. I I mean, I knew I was a free agent, but I never talked about it, nothing. Well, that's what caught me off guard when you said it. That was the first time that it kind of crossed my mind because we were so focused that, hey, you know, this might be it for me.
0: That ball went over the fence in game one against the Mets, and, I mean – if nothing else, you get a statue in front of the stadium for that one swing. So it was nuts to hear about, even a thought about free agency during that playoff run. I mean, you hit the, at least in my lifetime, I, I wasn't alive when George was doing his thing. That was like the most significant yeah. one swing anyone ever made.
1: Yeah. Wait, who was pitching? The fat guy. Familiar. No, the familiar. familiar. That guy threw like oh, 105.
3: Familiar. Something threw nuts. 97 and it was a sinker. But if you if you watch the pitch, he tried to quick pitch me. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Yeah. So like instead, come and said, don't do
0: patronize us. <laughs>
3: Just because we're at a golf program.
0: <laughs> hey, Tell Streb
3: <laughs> what a quick pitch is. <laughs> it's, hey, Streb, is that like club pro guys quick rake?
2: Yeah, <laughs> similar.
3: That's usually what I do when you guys talk about golf. I'm just like, oh yeah. I yeah, know. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's It was deal. your one chance. We're to trying to make it today. comfortable for
1: you. We really don't give a shit about
0: baseball. So, so when gross, he
2: quick right? pitched
1: you, <laughs> when he quick pitched you,
2: did you just get the bat in front of the ball and just say stick the bat out because it's going Boy, so fast? He threw
3: it right on the middle, and it was straight. So it was it wasn't easy to hit, but it was made it a lot easier than 97 and sinking like crazy. So it was colder
0: than shit that night, and you um, hit it out at straight away center. Yeah, a little bit. I, I didn't. We didn't feel the cold. Because From
1: my was, seats, it was gusting up there.
0: Yeah, I guarantee you, the bat and the ball felt the cold. though. I mean, it's harder to hit the ball far when it's cold. I know you got adrenaline going and everything else, but yep. it was a big shot to get it out of the park that night in the cold. Yeah,
3: I mean, in Kauffman Stadium is one of the biggest parks in the league. Yeah. Like it's hard to hit home runs. You can't just get a cheapo. There. Any home run is not a cheap home run there. Right. Like you have to get it to to hit it. So
1: you know, I was kind of thankful 2016 that you guys. It was kind of the r- ride was over because pretty much every guy I know went broke through 14 and 15 buying playoff tickets, World Series tickets, no vacations. You yeah. ruined lives.
0: Yeah. And you people couldn't play a game in nine innings. Every fucking game was 14 <laughs> innings long. It wouldn't start till eight. You're up till one in the morning. Like people yeah. are was. trying to work and pay for their livelihoods. You guys are fucking
3: around for 12 oh, innings. It was a killer. Yeah, I remember that. Um, the postseason runs. You're just living on adrenaline. I mean, we're we're ending games at like one, two o'clock, yeah. and then we're getting on a plane and flying to the West Coast to you know playing another series. And you got kids on the plane just screaming. You're not sleeping oh. all night, but you wake up and you're fine because yeah. you're ready to go. Yeah, right. You're just living on you know the rush. So
2: so, so you're obviously a routine guy. Talk through a day in the life. What time do you show up to the stadium, or did you show up to the stadium and like? Walking through your routines. It
3: changed over the years. As I got older, you know, I had to make adjustments as far as my body and stuff like that. But uh, during my, my prime years, I will tell you, I showed up around 12, 1230 to the stadium for a 7 o'clock game. I'd have lunch, take a break. I'd work out for like an hour and a half, take a break, uh, do anything I needed to do in the train room to stay healthy, um, go to the cage, get my work in for about an hour, then take batting practice after batting practice, come in, do all my, you know, cold tub, hot tub stuff. Wow. Get ready for a game and then take like a half an hour break and then kick it the gear for the game. So, wow. Everyone always gave me a hard time because I was, I was a routine as you could get. Like every day I was, yeah. like at a certain time, I was in a certain place.
2: Well, that's like we talk about our, our resident co host, George, who neglected the show today, but his, his routine and, throughout he still has it it's just yeah. walking the dogs and take Wardo. I took a number two today and you know <laughs> whatever but I think that that's you know everybody talked about how hard you worked at it in terms of just not only the, the time in the gym and the cage but also just the, the work ethic so that.
1: he's your dream client is what you're getting at well pretty much yeah you can't screw this up or you can't screw this up I'm trying this not is to screw a big it up. deal I might have
2: to phone a friend Charlie might have to take him on
1: I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing
3: this this journey, right?
2: It's going to get good. Mahomes thinks he's good at golf. This guy's going to get be way better, him. Yeah. yeah, no, this will be good.
3: Mahomes is pretty good, so I don't know if you can really top he,
2: he, what he does. He's pretty, yes, it, you can dude, top. it
0: took a whole hour to get the Mahomes dig back in there. I know. If you would have only recorded it the first time. The I know. Time we show. can
2: get the Mahomes digs going.
0: Why are you wanting to shit on Mahomes? I'm not. I
2: just want this guy to – I'm trying to motivate this guy. Get him good at golf.
0: Listen, it's not going to be hard to clip Mahomes. There. It's a low it's just, bar. Uh, as you guys
3: all know, I mean – here in your handicap, you don't really know, but this is the frustration that comes with it. Sometimes it's just it's like I'll hit a good shot and I'll be like, "Oh, this shit's awesome," and I'll text Ward and be like, "Hey, I, I got it." And then two swings later, I'm freaking slicing it to the street or something like that. I know, I know. All right, That's so pretty much question
2: all for me: we give, have. me re- give me a report card so far. We're about a month into this pro this process, as Charlie would say. What do we need to work on? What can we do better?
3: Um. I think we could start working on, you know, the driver a little bit. Um, Really haven't done too much of that. We went over the chipping the other day. I think just, like, little things helps me. Um, I know the big thing with me is my grip. Like, I can't figure out the grip right now. Wait. Mr. Streb is jumping
0: whoa. Whoa. up and down in the background. Whoa.
3: Every, every no. swing, every swing, Wardy's coming up to me and you know changing it and saying it's wrong, and I'm trying to figure it out. But
2: I'm giving him feels. I'm not yeah. saying it's wrong. Damn I'm, it! I'm
3: can he hit more than two balls? He's going back tips. to being a lefty, and he's using Strebber grip. I'm very grip. observant.
0: He has during a baseball grip.
1: He just won a PGA Tour event with a baseball grip.
0: He does.
2: <laughs> he's got a really big left knuckle, so I'm trying to combat that. Wow. <laughs> his left thumb knuckle is what really big mean? so i'm
1: having
0: he's <laughs> uh, got really big hands there's a lot of observations a, you, you can't re- I see talk. it in the room right now but there's uh, observations being drawn what's in alex's obviously, bag obviously the little
3: things with golf are kind of frustrating right now like i can't get it yet. but i will tell you the the thing i need to figure out the most is just the the rotation as far as going right-handed like i'm still stiff i'm still not flexible like i want to be um, so, if that, he
0: hits ten balls
3: good left-handed, would you let him go back to hitting
0: it left-handed? I don't
2: care what he does. I just want him to get better. He's hit one Can ball. I, see
0: it? I want to see you hit a ball left-handed.
3: I don't really
1: want to, but <laughs> don't screw him up, Jordo.
3: I don't want to. You know uh, what? You
1: come in. You I'm know, fully we, committed right-handed. So I really needles. don't want to. He's just stirring the it. pot. I.
0: I, I he's. Blossoming. I think he's trying to steal.
1: steal. You're trying to steal Alex Gordon from
0: from Mordo. Right now, he could it's hit what it what further you... left than he could right, Jeez. and the man.
2: Since the game's only about how far you hit it, he's hitting seven iron one ninety right handed. He's got a bunch of silver okay.
0: bats at his house that you ain't got. I'm well, just saying I, he I knows agree. how to hit no it left handed. <laughs> I
3: gotta love it. He's, he's got, got, got some golden gloves. Gloves. No gloves. No bats. No bats. bats. bats, bats, bats gloves. Gloves. All right,
1: here's what we're gonna do. Because there's urgency now to shut down this damn radio program. Find ourselves in the stable, crack a nice Coors Light, and we'll we'll see who who's a better instructor with Alex Gordon at the bat. You good with that, Alex? Thanks for joining us, man. This is um, this is a crazy ass honor. You're gonna
2: and, um, you're gonna come back on the show when we have the uh, character George on the yeah, show with was, you. This was
3: awesome. Yeah. I was expecting it to be like happy hour. This happy hour. It's happy hour. What it. else are
1: we gonna do at 430 on a Thursday during the holiday season? It's <laughs> it's just, all right, well listen, hope everyone had a great time. What a great great day. Robert Strab, Kansas City champion. We got what a champion here to my right and um, and a studio audience with the greatest running boy bringing us cocktails who's ever existed. Well Jenkins. done, Kobe. Alright, boys. You're going to meet your Come weekly bonus. We had a great time on a golf underground. See you next week. ESPN Radio. I'm waking up to ash
0: and dust I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust I'm breathing in the chemicals Yeah <sighs>